Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world, another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome back to another episode of The Floor. We are continuing our discussion of The Witcher. So last time we talked about the law of surprise uh, and we talked about a lot of the politics that were involved in Sintra and Cirilla's lives uh, and, and setting up how it came to be that uh, her father was Dooney and got married to her mother and how Geralt came to uh, win Cirilla twice over by the law of surprise. Um, and the, uh, the porcupine dude, right? Yeah, that's Dooney. Dooney. He's the porcupine. Okay, yep. right, right, okay. Yeah, so we talked about all of this. We also talked about how he is uh, one of the princes of Nilfgaard who was cursed while in exile, right? Mm-hmm. This is this was a storyline we'd kind of been following for a long time. We had uh, way back when Yennefer was young and at the school of Eretuza, she was going to be sent to, to be uh, an advisor to the king of Nilfgaard, who at the time just ignored his people. They were struggling and starving and he just ignored them, right? He wasn't a tyrant out there doing terrible he things. Just He's just apathetic. Apathetic. And then as we follow that timeline, he is overthrown. The royal family is goes into exile and the usurper- He starved his people and then got overthrown? Weird. <laughs> so the usurper is then sitting on the throne and then he, and then he uh, eventually the royal family will come back which is the royal family of Nilfgaard, which is uh, taking over uh, all of the continent and starts the war um, there. But like I said, during this time of the exile of the royal family of Nilfgaard is where Duni is cursed, meets Pavetta, has a child with her, and then Pavetta and Duni are on an ocean voyage when they die, leaving Cirilla to her grandmother, right? So like I said, this is a storyline we've been tracking for some time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I just, I take it just a rebel force is what overthrew them. Yeah. Yeah. We never get the specifics of who the rebels were, right? Uh The guy who takes the the king's place is just called the usurper, right? He's never referred to by a name. And we're just assuming it was some sorcerer that cursed Dooney. Yeah. We don't, I mean, the specifics of the curse, we don't know. But okay. we assume that it, it, it probably had something to do with the exile. Okay. Okay. So we don't we don't know exactly where it comes from. Okay. You, so you only get to be beautiful and handsome if you aren't exiled from Nilfgaard. If you're exiled, you don't get your looks anymore. So but yeah, so this so like I said, Geralt he he goes to the wedding feast 
and ends up saving Dooney's life. And then by the law of surprise, he gets a child, which he really doesn't want. And he just immediately leaves, right? And, and <laughs> he doesn't want anything to do with this. And that leads us to our next point, which is Geralt can't... Leaves see. without taking the child. Yes. Well, well he's not supposed it, to yet. Right? Oh, According okay. to the law of supply... Surprise! I think he returns when she is six years of age. Now, in the TV show, he comes back when she is twelve. Uh, they've they've bumped it up just because they've kind of tried to condense things a little bit in his interactions with her, so it's okay. a little more continuous. But yeah, yeah. So he wasn't supposed to take her right then anyway. But he's he he, he does not plan to come back ever. Okay, yeah, yeah. this is true. So. So he's just decided that this place, Sintra, he will no longer be going to. He's just going to go to any other city on his travels. Well, and and I think at the very beginning of the first episode, we actually see Geralt return to Sintra, right? When Cirilla is 12. And it's like, if you don't know the whole story, the scenes are a little confusing why he's there and what's going on with him and Calanthe and everything. But he has returned... At the time he is supposed to return to Collector to tell Calanthe, I don't want her. I'm not coming to Collector. This is all of this is off, right? Mm-hmm. Done. And then he goes to leave. They lock him up. And it is during that time that Sintra is attacked. So, and then we see the fall of Sintra. Now, jumping back to where we are. So, Geralt wins Cirilla. She's just a, a, a newborn baby. And Geralt cannot sleep. And Within the short stories, these are not chronological like this. But Aaron pointed out that they've been placed this way in the series very much to indicate that the reason Geralt can't sleep is because he has won Cirilla and it is weighing on his mind. Mm. He, he's got a responsibility that, that he doesn't want and, and he's well, morally at odds. Yeah. There, there's some dialogue at the beginning of that episode that Dandelion basically says just that but albeit slightly cryptically i don't remember the exact yeah wording. yeah well not only that but i mean even yennefer makes a comment be like be like pretending right nobody needs a gin to get some sleep right you don't need a wish <laughs> to get some sleep if you want to break destiny maybe that makes more sense but if you just want to get some shut eye this is a little extreme Right to call on one of the most magical creatures in existence to grant you an unlimited wish, just so you can sleep tonight. No, that's crazy. <laughs> a little far fetched. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So so he I don't know. Sleep. When I can't sleep, I I get pretty desperate. You know? <laughs> just immediately start just <laughs> sifting through the river to see if you can find a gin. Yep. So you got to do it, man. So. So uh, one thing I did want to bring up, which uh, there's there's not a specific point where it comes into play, but this is uh, Dandelion, right? His friendship with Geralt spans decades, and we don't see him aging. And mm-hmm. he is not a mage, right? He doesn't possess magic. So I think this is an indication that he does have some elven blood in him as well to be able to live this long, right? Because when he first meets Geralt, this is, you know, some 40 years ago before Cirilla's a grown up. And then when Cirilla, well, grown up, an adolescent, I should say. Then when Cirilla is an adolescent, he is still roughly the same age in appearance, right? 
So mm. there's definitely some elven blood going on there uh, for him to live that long and, and to be that same age all through these journeys. Or Bard Buff's work in, in the... <laughs> or Bard right, Buff's right. Work. I was going to say, wait, wait, wait. I thought he was a bard. And I was like, yeah, oh, no, no, that's D&D. Right. We're in a so different world. He, he has no magic, just songs. <laughs> so. Well, I, I think you just said that that might not be the truth. He might have some magic and we just don't know it. So. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, Geralt is hunting a djinn or a genie, right? That is what he's hunting to help him sleep. Um, and and uh, they they do grant um, three wishes here, just like a, a genie in the lamp. That is definitely some of the mythology that was borrowed. Um, we will talk about, like, so we've mentioned this before, the way magic works there. And we don't really see this at Eratusa. Right? At Eratusa, it seems like there's always an exchange made. But within the books, it is they have what's called a source. You find a source of magic. And these divide into the four elements, air, water, uh, earth, and fire. Right. And the jinns are then complementary to those elements. So this specific genie is an air genie or, you know, so I guess that's why they call it a jinn, right? A jinn is a genie of the air source and element. Oh, right. Okay. So you, Whereas so you, an Efreet would be a fire. Ifrit, uh, I would guess so. I don't think I've encountered uh, a, a, a genie of fire in the books or games that's been labeled that way, but that would be my guess. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so, like I said, so they have to find these sources and tap into them. And depending on the source they find and how powerful it is, will depend on how powerful the mag- their magic is. Now, within the books, they detail a few specific sorcerers who out throughout history who were able to trap a genie within themselves. And what? then they no longer had to find a source of magic. They could draw on themselves as an almost infinite source of magic. So the magic user essentially devours a genie? Traps them inside themselves. So instead of trapping them inside a lamp, so to speak, they would trap them inside their own body. they are the vessel. Okay. They are the vessel. And they are able to do astounding feats of magic throughout history. Now, there's the the number of people who can do that, I believe, is like three different mages that they talk about who have done this in history. But they can do incredible things because, like I said, they have a kind of infinite magic resource in themselves now that they can trap. Would you say this is akin to uh, Gandalf the Grey versus Gandalf the White? So, uh, like just that upgrade, that level up. I would say it's even more significant than that, right? Oh, okay. So it's yeah, right. Because if we don't see Gandalf the White doing anything bigger and better than Gandalf the Grey. You know, he right. he's able to win battles he didn't win before, but we don't see like be like, oh wow, he can do that now. Whereas, it's, it, it's like Doctor Strange versus Chris Angel. So yeah, it's like <laughs> Doctor Strange versus Chris Angel. You're like, oh, that's a magic <laughs> trick, and then Doctor Strange shows up, be like, that's yeah, he magic switched the good. Earth in half. <laughs> you're like, uh, no, that's a magic trick. <laughs> Punches Dormammu in the face. You're like, uh, okay. So uh, we're now, gonna we're gonna take a break here. Okay. And what are we going to be talking about when we get back? Uh, so a few more things I want to cover about sources and, and, and magic because they'll become relevant as this, in the second season. And then uh, we'll talk about 
uh, yeah, Yennefer and Geralt's first encounter, and of course the the name of all of this, the last wish, and what it means. Okay. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room uh, a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. Where we meet Lindsay, the bard, and she's talking about like all these epic and heroic tales that are written down after the epic feats are done. And she's like, she's like, the whole time I was in school and learning all about this, I thought they should, if they just took a bard with them, the bard could write it down as it happens. And we would have the accurate truth of what's going on. She's like, <laughs> I could be that bard. And that's that is dandelion, right? He's like he's like he's like you know if I was there writing this down as it happens, we wouldn't lose anything. I could be that bard. Yeah, um, I just I nobody needs to lie. I some people can maybe embellish. It, it reminds me of the movie. I think it's Dragonheart, where there's that monk who starts following the uh, dragon hunter around. Oh yeah, and and he's like, as the battle's going on, he's writing it down and like narrating oh, it out yes. loud, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, "This is why I'm here." All right, welcome back. Uh, we were ta- we're in The Witcher, and we were talking about the history of Nilfgaard and where that uh, curse for Dooney kind of comes from. Um, and then we were talking about uh, genies and how some, uh, is it sorcerers? Is that what they're called in The Witcher? Yeah, so- sorcerers and sorcerers, yeah. Okay, um, that they can... Uh, uh, essentially turn themselves into a vessel to hold a genie and then um, level up in, in, in a really big way. Like, I guess it doesn't really compare in uh, strength anymore. You know, he's gone super Saiyan. Yeah. Gone gone super, super Saiyan. Saiyan. <laughs> well, it's just, he now has an unlimited am- supply of magic yeah. and every magic spell he does is an extra D 20 of damage. So yeah, it's like uh, what is it? So in electricity, we talk about the the watt and then the volt, right? uh And so like one is like how much water is going through the hose versus how wide the hose is. You get the genie, and it's both. There's more coming out at a faster speed, and it's a much bigger nozzle. It's just more of both. What one's a fire hose, and one's a hose that's halfway turned on. That runs out. <laughs> the fire hose yeah. never runs out. The never other hose does after five time. minutes. Yeah, and like that's so, that's your difference there. Yeah. So uh, okay. So yeah, where are we at? So well, the one thing I did want to mention was so we did talk about there's a genie that you have these four elements that they can draw on as a source of power, and the genies are associated. So the the source of fire is forbidden from uh, sorcerers and wizards and everything. Um, because one, it is very powerful, but it does tend to 
overwhelm them. Essentially, the magic has a will of its own, and that will takes over the sorcerer when they tap into fire. And so they're no longer doing the things they want. They're doing the things the fire wants. And fire wants to consume the world. So basically, when we were watching Godzilla vs. Kong, when Ghidorah took over the uh, Mecha Godzilla, <laughs> yep, yep, same thing. So, um, yeah. I did have a quick question about this uh, genie in the body. Um, so they do the. Uh, it- Equivalent exchange magic in this, right? Uh, that's how it's presented in the series, like at the school. Right. So so would the genie be uh, compensating for that equivalent exchange? So in the books, they don't seem to do that. Yeah, it's not oh, an exchange okay. in the books. You just you find a source and you draw on it, uh, you know, until you, I guess, exhaust it. And it's like, it's I guess it's like a little fountain. It will slowly refill. Um, okay. But and and so the genie is its own source. Its own source, right? It is its okay. own ever-flowing fountain. But it's more like, it's not like you found like a tiny little bubbling brook. It's like a massive lake. Like a waterfall. Just, just, yeah, draining it from. So, yeah, so that, that that's kind of how it is. And so, you know, the, the series, it's far more complex because they tend to kind of do both, it seems, when you watch things play out. It okay. almost seems like the exchange we saw was more to create a few dynamic scenes, but not really a hard rule. They seem to follow most of the time. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so, so as Geralt catches, or I guess he finds the, the, they call it an amphora. It is the container that the genie is in. And immediately Dandelion wants three wishes instead, right? So they're fighting over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they finally get it open and the genie gets out, Dandelion begins to make his three wishes, right? Just various things that he wants. A woman to fall in love with him, fame and fortune and all of that. And then okay. Geralt says something. He says, I just want some peace. And in that moment... Wait, well, there's uh, uh, there was two words he said after that, wasn't there? No, no. This, well, he may say a few things after, but this is what's I important. I thought he said, he says, I want some peace and quiet. Oh, yes. Peace and quiet. Yes, the end quiet is important. And immediately, the genie attacks Dandelion. <laughs> yes, and it does something to his voice. And he can barely yeah, make any sound at all. <laughs> So Geralt then goes to get help for him. Uh, so he, he finds a healer who tells him it's magical, that he'll need uh, a sorcerer or a sorceress to do it. Um, and that will eventually lead him to Yennefer. Who's okay. uh, set up shop in, in the neighboring town. Yes. So this is Vangaberg. This is her city, right? She's in Vangaberg at this moment. No, wait. It's not Vangaberg. Where are they? I don't remember. Hmm. She She basically came to a city and... Yeah, they didn't like her. Uh, she, she, they didn't like her in the city casting spells and different things like this. So the well, the political the, leaders of the town came to throw her out. The political she, leaders didn't like her because she yeah. held a lot of sway. The common folk liked her. That's true. Was, yeah, they were grateful for out. the things she was doing for them. But very uh, yes. grateful. So the political leaders come to throw her out, and so she's like, "I'll just cast a spell on you." So she puts a spell on anyone who's really against her in this town and essentially gets them all to just 
become trapped in this giant orgy that never ends in her house. (laughs) And uh, that's where she keeps them trapped, right? Wow. Is she okay. staying in the governor's house or something? Or that yeah, she's or she's not is? actually staying in her own house. She's taking over the governor's mansion. Yeah. Uh, so she she took over a town and and trapped people in a okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well they came to, you know, throw her out and you know throw yeah. her in prison, I think, and she didn't want that. So she cast a spell on them. So she cast yep. a spell on them. Yep. So okay. don't mess with sorcerers. So Geralt shows up and she's not very interested in helping him until he mentions the cause of Dandelion's problem, which is a genie. And suddenly she is very interested. She heard genie. And I I take it she's thinking about doing this upgrade thing that you brought up earlier. Yes. Okay. Jennifer's theme up until this point uh well it has shifted greatly but she seems to her her goals and ambitions or she just wants more so she she has always been very ambitious uh but i think there's a few things that that happen along the way that are really important so at one point in her story she becomes an advisor to a king and then she becomes very disillusioned with that she's like i'm just cleaning up his messes mm. right and at one point, she is uh, in a carriage with the current queen and the newborn baby. And the queen makes a comment. She says, to this little child, I am everything. And then later on, when uh, Geralt is trying to figure out what it is Yennefer wants with the djinn, her comment Wait, is, What I- child? Are you talking about? So the queen just has a baby, right? It's the it's the oh, baby of okay. the king and queen that she's advising. Oh, okay. Okay. So, to be more specific, like the king and queen of Aiden, right? All right. Um, but yeah. And so later on, when Geralt is trying to find out what it is she wants the genie for, she says, I want everything. Mm. Yeah. So she feels she deserves a lot. Yes. Power hungry is right. This is this but is why eventually is this clearly... idea of everything does convert into her wanting a child, right? She wants her mm. reproductive power back because it was something she gave up. Oh, for the magic, right? For the magic, well, yeah. So she well in, in the show it was well, so... I guess not for the beauty, for the for the for, not for the magic for the beauty, right? Yeah. She she was not a good looking person in the show. She was a twisted little human club foot humped back crooked jaw and now she's just a, a stunning beauty right yes. oh okay and 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 that magic that yeah merged. that was the trade cost right. an equivalent exchange yeah. thingy right yeah, those, that, that they that sometimes do sometimes not and in this place they did yeah in this point they did okay um but yeah so so that everything does eventually redirect into her wanting that back and and wanting <laughs> to be able to have a child of her own um, so uh, a few things. So a few things happen. Like eventually, she casts a spell on Geralt as well, and then she has him just go throughout the town, inflicting all kinds of physical punishments on everybody who wronged her as well. And Geralt is thrown in prison, where he wakes up from the spell and is very confused about what happened and how he got there. Mm-hmm. And they come in to execute him, 
And it is there that Geralt talks about something else that he wants. And that is he just wants the executioner to explode, at which point he does. Oh, because he still has wishes? And in that moment, they realize it is not Dandelion who got the wishes from the genie. It is Geralt. Oh, Oh, so they thought Dandelion Dandelion burned up all the wishes. Well, they thought he had was still tied to them. Yeah, they thought he did. Yeah, they thought he had spent two because the genie was still around. Uh huh. And then the genie had attacked him because it was his new master. That's what they originally thought. But it is in that moment when the executioner explodes, they realize, oh, the genie silenced Dandelion because Geralt wanted peace and quiet. (laughs) And then it made this. So, so Jennifer has healed Yaskir, but she's also keeping him because she wants him to make his last wish, which will free the genie and then she can catch it. And Geralt now realizes that's her plan. And it's not going to work because Dandelion doesn't have any wishes to make. Geralt does. Mm. Um, so he then goes to rescue Dandelion and Yennefer uh, and, and stop her. So for a while, he is trying to convince her not to do this. So she has painted the image of an amphora on her stomach and she is trying to trap the genie in her body. And it is fighting very hard and just tearing everything to pieces in the process. Oh. And so did Gerald make his last wish? Not yet. She's catching it? Or is she No, just... she's trying to catch it and she can't because he hasn't made his last wish yet. So it's yeah. not completely free. So that oh, spell okay. is not gonna work. Yeah. Okay. So and Gerald is trying to get her to stop. And when she realizes he's the one with the wishes, she's trying to get him to just make his last wish so he can do that. And Geralt decides that this is going to kill her. And the specifics of the last wish, we never know. We don't hear him speak these words. But Mm. we do know that it somehow binds Yennefer to him in a way that the djinn cannot hurt her without hurting him. And so it just leaves. So, uh, so he makes a wish that we don't know. Right. And then she can't control the gin and the gin can't hurt her. Yeah. So the gin wants to kill her because she's trying to trap it. So he basically, his wish was that they can't hurt each other. Something. Something we don't know. We don't know the specifics of what he wished, but somehow it connects Yennefer and Garalt. And isn't this about the time where he says that uh, you'd be irritated too if you just were stuffed in a... Yeah, well, he he mentions that genies are not naturally evil creatures. He says, but when was the last time that you were happy when you felt trapped? Right, okay. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, and so that is the last wish. And so this will come up within their relationship because because of the wish, Yennefer will always wonder if her attraction and interest in Geralt is genuine or the result of his wish because we never know the specifics, mm. only that it connected them somehow. Interesting. All right. Do you got anything to add, Aaron? No, I think you did a really good job, and we're running up on time. Yeah. Eli, 
Do you want to summarize what we have taught you today? So, uh, start out with just that uh, early Nilfgaard history and moved on to gins and kind of went over some specifics of magic. Um, uh, Find out that uh, uh, genies can be trapped in bodies um, and uh, that uh, Yennefer tries to do this. Um, while uh, Geralt is simply trying to heal his friend's voice box, uh, yeah. and uh, and then uh, there's uh, something behind the scenes that happens, and now Yennefer and the genie can't, or Yennefer can't trap the genie in her body, but is also made a side. Uh, Another thing that's happened where Geralt and Yennefer are now connected in a way. Yeah. We don't know to what degree. Yeah. If they yeah. really even are. We just know that Jen can't hurt her and she wasn't able to trap it. And right. Yennefer and Geralt now have a very interesting sporadic. This is the beginning of their very rocky romance. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I, I was wondering if, if they're falling in love or not. So, well, and like I said, so she are they. She she will always wonder if it's real because of the last wish. You know, Geralt um, never wonders if his interest in her is genuine, but she always wonders. And it's one of the many rocks in their relationship. Another one is that Yennefer, while she is sterile and Geralt is sterile, she wants a child and to fix that. But if the man she loves is sterile as well, even if she fixes her problem, doesn't solve that problem either. Right. Well, Siri. Siri's a good kid. Seriously, a good kid. Well, that will come up later, right? She, at the moment, he has not mentioned that, but Jennifer will eventually later re- learn about Cirilla, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. And and that Geralt has been given this child twice. <laughs> twice. Well, it's not. It doesn't come up that he's been given it twice, but it oh. does come up. That he's been, he has a child. <laughs> Not his child, he just has one because right. of the law of surprise. <laughs> uh, Eli, uh-huh. were you floored? Yeah, that was great. And uh, if you were floored, go floor your friends. If you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep, in the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the Fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content. Two episodes a week instead of one. Go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. That's floor spelled F-L-O-R-E. Select the Fluorite tier or higher. Immediately after each episode is released, the Treasure Room will post the bonus audio on Patreon. They are identified by the tag Treasure Room After and the title of the episode. You can also do a search for the keywords Treasure Room and find all the content you've been missing. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah, and if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends. Uh, Like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes. 
and we actually started a Discord. So come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. (laughs) Yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there. And each week... We add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. And, uh, we hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, think about your favorite part of the episode. Now think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.